Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on select Fridays in May, each film touches upon artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, kicking off with Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro on May 10th at NortonSimon.org. You have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from Alleist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes, too, when you donate now at laist.com slash sweeps. Ah, oh, well, we get the jams on AirTalk that just makes it a better day. This is AirTalk on LAist 89.3. I'm Austin Cross, in for Larry Mantle most of this week. He'll be back with you for Valentine's Day because, let's face it, that's going to be a fun day. But in honor of Valentine's Day, we here on AirTalk want to be your Cupid all week with a series of topics on love. So right now we want to talk about love languages, what they are, how you figure it out, and if it is really, really and truly a useful tool in your relationship. Joining us to talk about it, Gary Lewandowski, professor of psychology at Monmouth University in New Jersey. Professor, thank you so much for coming on. Professor Lewandowski, are you with us? I am. I'm right, right I'm uh, here. We got you, Professor. Excellent. All right. And, and for folks who are listening in, this is also my call out to you. I'm curious to listeners if you've used love languages in your own relationship and if you found it to be a useful tool or not. 866-893-5722 is our number. 866-893-5722. You can also email us, atcomments at laist.com. Just be sure to let us know your first name and where you're messaging us from. But hey, we have a line open today. Come hang out. 866-893-5722. Well, Gary, just to start us off, what is the origin of the love languages and, and what are they? Sure. Yeah. So the love languages, it, it comes from a very, very popular book called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And this book has been read by 20 million plus people. It's been translated into 50 languages. And so it really just takes a bunch of relationship behaviors and simplifies it into five main love languages. You know, if you were a, uh, a kid at a Christian college like I was many years ago, this was certainly a book that you picked up off the shelves in the bookstore um, and that everybody yeah. was toting around in their relationship. Can you take us through the different types of love sure. languages as, as Gary puts them? Sure. Yeah. And so there are five love languages. And so I'm going to actually give them to you in an order that research has shown uh, goes from the most to the least common, right? So okay. the most common love language that people have is quality time. And so quality time is um, time spent focused on each other, intently listening, undivided attention. The second most common love language is physical touch, which is exactly what it sounds like, holding hands, hugs, mm. that could be, even be sexual intimacy. The third most common love language is acts of service. And so this is helping and supporting your partner, doing errands and tasks for them, things that they need done. The fourth one is words of affirmation. And so that's appreciation, compliments, admiration, just you know, telling your partner they're the best. Um, and then the fifth one are gifts. And so gifts, exactly what it sounds like, symbols and affection of presents, flowers, anything that communicates thoughtfulness, effort, or expense. So these are things that we can learn. There are some tests online that can help you kind of figure out what your top ones are. And this was developed, as you mentioned, by the Baptist pastor, Gary Chapman, because this is what he kept seeing in couples uh, that he was counseling 
Uh, and so he, he realized that it came down to these things. There's a lot of question about whether or not uh, it's actually a valuable way to approach challenges in a relationship. But I want to bring into the conversation Rebecca Hendricks. Rebecca is a licensed marriage and family therapist and integrative holistic psychotherapist based in New York. Rebecca actually uses them in practice. Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Well, so talk to me about how you use the love languages that Gary just lined out for us, how you use them in your practice, and if you actually see uh, things working out when, when you actually start employing them. Sure. I mean, I, I've been using love languages for a long time as kind of an initial step to help couples get to know each other's owner's manual. Yeah. I mean, I, I help couples see that it's their job to share their owner's manual with their partner so that they can get their needs met. And part of this is getting to know when and how you feel most loved. I mean, most couples come in with some sort of finger pointing after not feeling connected for mm. quite a while. Something like maybe one person might say, I feel like a roommate. He doesn't tell me what's going on. I, the other one might feel I work around the clock and make dinner three times a week and it's never enough. And then round and round they go. So I use the love languages as an initial step to help them see that there's love there, but it's being expressed in different languages. Her love language oh. may be quality time and his acts of service. It can help them deescalate like from a cycle of, of blaming and finger pointing. You know, I'll say we had the Gottmans on last hour, and they talked about this ratio of uh, one positive interaction, uh, or so five positive interactions to one negative interaction. And it sounds to me like using this technique, especially if the bridge between their connection has been damaged or completely destroyed, they might even be at the point where they're not looking at each other and they're just responding, okay, whatever, you know, to whatever the other person says. It sounds like it's a way to start to repair that bridge on a very base level so you can begin the rest of treatment, right? Yes, it is. It, it, it's, a, it's a good way of putting it. It's just kind of like an initial way to help them see that even though they've been disconnected for a really long time, sometimes maybe years of not feeling close or connected, that there is love there. Because most of the time somebody is doing, when they're doing that love language like um, taking the trash out or bringing somebody flowers. They're doing that because they love that person, but often that it doesn't land that way because the person has a different love language. So this can be kind of the, the first step in helping them to see that love is still there so that then you can start to unpack the different dynamics that have got them stuck. We are talking about love languages here on Air Talk. Curious for folks listening in if you've used love languages in your own relationship. Now, there's a lot of questions about how it's used, maybe if it's been overused, maybe if there are just more love languages than the initial uh, five or so that have been mentioned. But if you've used it successfully in your relationship to maybe turn things around, to build a bridge with your partner, and you're willing to share, and I would really appreciate it if you were willing to share, we have a number, 866-893-5722. We'd love to hear from you, Eight nine, uh, 866, pardon me, 893-5722. I want to come back to Gary Lewandowski, professor of psychology at Monmouth University. So what is the criticism that we've heard and seen recently when it comes to these love languages? I mean, one that I kind of mentioned earlier was that there's likely more than five, but what have you heard? 
Yeah. And so, you know, a recent paper just came out. I want to be clear that this is not my own research. I, I've talked about love languages extensively on my own podcast or love strategies podcast, but this, this particular research is from some colleagues of mine at university of Toronto and York university. And so essentially what they did was they looked at all of the existing evidence that science relationship science has about the love languages. And so, you know, there's, there's a couple different pieces, but you know, I'll first go to the one that, that you mentioned, which is, you know, Gary Chapman basically says there are five love languages. And what we find in relationship science is, you know, the five things that he proposed are facets of how people show love in relationships, but of course, there's not just five, right? And so, and maybe even, you know, the five that he mentions, all the five he mentions aren't even the most important five that there are. And so, mm. you know, some of the key missing behaviors are things like how partners manage conflict and listen and communicate with each other and how they balance power and respect, how they help each other achieve personal goals and maintain autonomy. Um, and, and the one that I think is definitely a top five love language, as, as it were, is being very um, engaged with each other's pursuit of growth and having a synergistic approach to it, where you and your partner work together to help each other become better people and then kind of achieve more as a couple than you could individually. So fascinating. I mean, that that need for growth and the need to help each other with growth, um, it sounds so elementary to me right now, but do you think that mainly the reason that this has become something that we're aware of now that is very important in a relationship is just over the past 30 or so years, our understanding of relationships, our roles in relationships, religiosity, so many things have changed within us as well as within the science. Absolutely. I, I think for mainly for good, people just have higher expectations from their, from their relationship than they did in the past. Before a relationship partner was someone to kind of navigate life with and, and just kind of the ups and downs of paying the bills and, and, and those very mundane kinds of things. And I think people now are just expecting more from the relationship partner. They, they want a true partner in life and someone to help them in, in their personal pursuits of growth and, and expansion. And I think that's actually a, a pretty positive revelation for relationships. For folks listening in, if you've used Love Languages, 20 million people have purchased the book on Love Languages that came out in 1992 from Baptist pastor Gary Chapman. But if you've used them in your life, if you think that you've used them successfully, or maybe if they didn't work for you, you tried it, but that wasn't really the answer. 866-893-5722 is our number. 866-893-5722. I want to come back to Rebecca Hendricks, licensed marriage and family therapist in New York. Rebecca, when it comes to love languages as you see them, how much of that really comes down to uh, our relationships with our parents and how we came to understand love from them? Well, I think our love language, our primary love language um, or how we learned to show love is often how our parents predominantly loved us. Like my mom showed her love a lot through baking. There was mm. always fresh baked goods when I come home from school. And she also showed it through buying gifts. Sometimes I'd come home and there'd just be new clothes on the bed. There wasn't a lot of communicating, but I knew that I was loved because of these things that she was doing. And so sure enough, as I became an adult and started dating, 
I started doing some of the same things. And so I think that, you know, what is role modeled for us is what we know and often what we strive to do when we start connecting with other humans and falling in love and trying to do relationship. But then after a while, sometimes you can find that whatever you're doing isn't landing with the other person because mm. they're different than you. They have different wounds. They grew up in different backgrounds. They have different needs. And so this process is a, a way to kind of help people start to talk about those things. Terry is calling us from Lamert Park. And Terry, I understand that you have used love languages in your relationship. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Sure. Um, I While I was studying for my MFT, uh, I read about the five love languages. And um, it came in handy when my husband and I had a situation with daily chores. So, you know, um, I kind of needed more help. And, you know, he, he mentioned that he felt like I didn't thank him when he did take out the trash. And and that made me realize that his love language is words of affirmation. So I was from then on acknowledging when he did do something. But then for me, it's more acts of service. So I was able to communicate to him, like, you know, when you, you know, uh, when you do more of this, it's very helpful to me. So we were able to communicate and fix that little thing. And I was able to acknowledge more often that, you know, if I see him do something, then, then when he hears it, he's more willing to do it again. Um, and then, of course, I have to add the little point of, you know, um, I don't get thanked for when I do all thousand little unseen things. But, you know, that's just <laughs> but it definitely helped us uh, communicate better. So that's one way I use it. Terry, it's so interesting that you say that. What I've learned about relationships, if, if it happens anywhere, it's happening everywhere. Um, and so I completely understand everything. And I'm sure a lot of people are vibing with that, too. That's Terry and Lamar Park. Terry, thank you so much for calling us today. We're going to continue this conversation when we come back in just about 60 seconds. But if you would like to share how love languages, how you've used them in your relationship, uh, if they've been helpful at all, or if maybe it wasn't the silver bullet to help get you and your partner over a big hurdle in your lives. 866-893-5722 is the number. 866-893-5722. We do have Michael on the line in Pasadena. We're going to go to Michael when we come back. We're also talking with our experts. 866-893-5722. Back in 60 seconds. What does love have to do with it? Everything. On Air Talk, it's a love week here. We're talking about love every day. I'm Austin Cross, and most of this week for Larry Mandel, he's back with you on Valentine's Day because, let's face it, that's fun. That's a fun show. 866-893-5722 is the number to call. We're talking about love languages right now, if you're just joining us. There is some research that maybe love languages are not a precise science. You know, they, they might not be... Uh, the cure-all in situations, and there's even some criticism that they, you know, suggest that an unhappy partner uh, could maybe change or compromise their way into a happier relationship. We're going to talk about the criticisms, but we also want to hear from you about if you've been in your relationship, because a lot of people, 20 million people bought this book by Baptist pastor Gary Chapman since it came out in 1992. So that means there's got to be something to it. It's, it's vibing with people. It's connecting with people. 
if it's worked for you, if it has not, I would love to hear your story either way or what has worked for you. They say there are five love languages, but there's also folks who think that there are more. 866-893-5722 is the number. Michael is calling us from Pasadena. Michael, what is your love language tool? Well, this is the tool that my wife Penny and I use. We've been married over 28 years. Mm. And, you know, when you're married a long time, you've got all the ordinary life that always tends to get in the way of like like it was when you were courting each oh, other. When you're courting each other, you could actually have a look. You could share with, with your partner, oh, my God, I'm having a love moment right now, et cetera. And you might end up having sex or this or that. You're dating. But over time, that tends to get lost. You might actually be doing the dishes, and for example, and then you look at your partner, it's like you have this really love moment, but it's lost. You don't even mention it because you're not going to be able to do anything about it. But my wife and I developed a tool, and we call it a love attack, oh. but you can call it anything you want. I might be looking, all of a sudden I'm having this moment, and she'll look at me and go, honey, what's going on? And I'm going, I'm having a love attack. <laughs> and what that does in that moment it becomes a moment of intimacy, not lost. Wow. And that build that continue, that then makes the foundation, even after 28 years, it builds on that some more. A My, moment of intimacy, not lost. Michael, that and is, that's all it is. It's a quick pause. That's a wonderful thing. Michael and Pasadena married. You said 28 years, Michael? To my wife, Penny, yes. Congratulations to you and Penny. That is just a wonderful way of showing love. That's Michael in Pasadena, 866-893-5722. If there's something that has worked for you, if you found your own love language with your spouse, I'd love to hear from you, 866-893-5722. Rebecca Hendricks is on the line. Rebecca is a licensed marriage and family therapist based in New York. And I mean, it's always heartwarming, Rebecca, to hear these moments where maybe couples turn into each other or they kind of create these uh, moments. But I do want to ask you about how love languages have been used uh, in the past. And there is a concern, as I alluded to earlier, uh, that sometimes when they're used, that it could be seen as a way to suggest that a partner who's not happy with things in a relationship, maybe deeply unhappy uh, with how a partner is behaving or sharing the the, the duties, the workload, um, that it's really a way to get them to compromise uh, in a way that maybe they shouldn't have to. I'm wondering if this is something that, a criticism that you've heard or maybe if you have a response to that. Well, I can I can certainly see how, um, like if you if you think that love languages are going to solve years of disconnection, mm -hmm. it's probably not going to happen. It's it's a, a bit oversimplified, and you know most couples have deeper dynamics that need to be um, unpacked a little bit of feeling not loved or not needed or having hurts and wounds and resentments and not able to share frustrations that have built up over time, and so. You know, if you just try to kind of patch that wound with, well, my love language is this, and mm. and so this is what I want, then it's not going to deal with the with the core reasons and the core wounds that um, got the couple disconnected. So I can certainly see that happening. 
I mean, I could see the situation where a person might say, well, my love language is words of affirmation. And so the partner will try to, to give words of affirmation. And the first thing that the other partner might say is, I don't believe I don't believe you. Because if, if, you, if what you're saying is true, then why are you this way? Why are you that way? Do you see maybe how it creates some complication in that that way where if, if you say that you receive love in one way, you also have to be re- ready to receive that love, right? Yeah, it's 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 definitely um, a, a going back and forth of the energy of love, like giving and receiving. And sometimes people can say that they, you know, want words of affirmation, but if their own, you know, personal work or personal wounding is preventing them from receiving it, then it's it's mm. it's, it's not going to work. Um, some, sometimes it's just a people, you know, relationships and people are a little bit more complex and there's not a one size fit all. I mean, relationships are like gardens, you know, then in, in the beginning, they're flowers looking at each other. But, you know, as the last caller said, life can get in the way and weeds get in a way in, in the way. And so sometimes even the love language, if you're giving it is not going to be the, the solve. We've got about 30 seconds left, but Gary Lewandowski, professor of psychology at Monmouth, anything that you want to comment on from this conversation that you've heard? Yeah, I, I just, I really like the idea of using love language, love languages as an initial step. I mean, people don't do enough examination of their relationship. And so if this is a way for people to start paying more attention to their relationship, that's a good thing. I'd also say that one research paper I mentioned earlier, really, instead of looking at things as love languages, they suggest looking at it as a balanced diet of you know you need quality time touch service affirmation gifts you need all five of those things different things at different times and so you know what i like hearing from all the callers is just a greater awareness of all the different ways people can show love because there's a lot of good in relationships if people know where to look Mm, we want to help you show love here on air talk that's gary lewandowski professor of psychology at monmouth university in new jersey we also heard from rebecca hendricks Licensed marriage and family therapist based in New York. My thanks to our guests. When we come back, it is not a food Friday. Think of it as a food Monday. And we're going to have some tacos, but they're tacos with a twist. Think kebabs, maybe. We're back in 60 seconds on Airtime. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.